1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Welcome to the Arsenal weekly podcast.
3: President Ozil is in here. Beautiful goal. Walcott. What
4: a goal. It's been flicked in by Alexis Sanchez. A quality goal from the Gunners. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 15th of May. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, we talk to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain about his development at wingback. Remember the invincibles in our history lesson? Adrian Clark is back with another dose of the chalkboard. Kick off, though, by looking back at another double game week with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Delighted to say that former Arsenal star David Hillier now joins us on the show. Uh, Dave, great to have you on board. uh, Doing a bit of work on your man cave, I believe.
5: Yeah, I am just picked a lovely wet day to do the roof, Russ. But um, certainly looking forward to the next couple of weeks.
4: Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. So, double game week. Important victories uh, for Arsenal. Uh, Southampton was the first of them, wasn't it? It was a tough game. Not the easiest place to go to, we well know. But Arsenal got the job done.
5: Yeah, I think they got it done in a way that they can take confidence into the next couple of games, you know. That's all they could really do. Everyone's been looking for that sort of performance. And um, Giroud getting a couple, I think it's perfect timing for for the lads.
4: It is, isn't it? And with that Southampton game in mind particularly, Alexis stepping up once again and just showing what a a real kind of warrior for the cause he is.
5: Yeah, I think he's... um, He's had little dips in form throughout the season, but he's come good at the right time for the team. Just, just to give him that bit of belief, as I said, going into the last couple of weeks, it's, it's nice that it's gone that far and they give themselves a chance. But then you've got to look at Liverpool. They've got to beat Middlesbrough. It's going to be difficult for Borough, but there's still
4: hope. Squadron Mustafi, of course, returned as part of the three players at the back. Uh, let's get his take after the final whistle of that game.
6: Yeah, it was an important game, uh, it was a tough game as well. We knew that um, coming here is not easy to play, uh, it's a good team, a team that like to play, you know, and um, I think we, we did well, uh, being patient in the first half, we had opportunities, they had uh, one or two as well, so uh, it, was an, uh, it was an opening game, but um, I think then we managed in the second half to come out and just keep playing our game and uh, waiting, and being patient until the um, opportunity comes. And we had a few opportunities
4: and um, luckily we scored two. Uh, Skodra Mustafi there. And, and David, good to see him slotting in alongside Koscielny and Rob Holding. Nice little trio working pretty well.
5: Yeah, I think the first, first couple of games was OK. Then they had a little dip as a three. But they, as I said, just like the rest of the team, They've all come back together at the right time. It could have been and should have been a few weeks earlier. Um, and then they'd have given themselves an even better chance of getting that fourth place. But I think um, you, you can't knock them. And I think Rob Holding's been, been brilliant the last couple of games.
4: Yeah, he's a really nice addition, isn't he? Then you've got the three at the back. You've also got the option of Monreal playing there, or wide left, as can Gibbs. And you've obviously got Oxlade-Chamberlain and or... Uh, Bellerin on the right it's a really nice balance and lots of quite healthy competition I feel
5: yeah I, I think I was just going to say that the competition's good I think Hector Bellerin's playing a bit better now since the Ox has threatened this position you've got to say um, he's, he was comfortable for a lot of the season and I think he thinks no I've got to turn it on now because I've got someone breathing down my neck with the Ox and he he's supplied a couple of great assists with some fantastic crosses in the last couple of games so Looking forward to seeing him play again.
4: And I guess up front, at exact similar case in point. Whoever gets the nod to start seems to be getting goals. And Olivier Giroud, as you touched on, a great double performance because he got a couple of big goals in the next game against Stoke too.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about the timing. I think, um, again, he could have done with coming into a bit of form a bit earlier. And Danny Welbeck took time to get his goals really and, and to make his impact. But I'll keep saying it, Russell, all the way throughout it, for... They've given us hope for the next couple of weeks, the way they're all playing. And I think the fans needed that. They needed a bit of a boost um, to give the manager a lift. And with the cup final coming up, it, it, again, it, it's, it's all good for confidence.
4: Let's just remind ourselves of those two Olivier Giroud goals against the Potters.
3: Now it's towards Coquelin. Beirley's on the move. Beirley is in here. Right-hand side. All he's got to do is pull it back. It's towards Giroud. Can't Cannot miss! From two yards out... Belling with the assist, Giroud with a simple tap-in, it is Stoke City nil, Arsenal 1. Here is Hector Behring again, down the line looking for Mesut Ozil, good close control from Ozil, looks to try and curl it here for Ramsey, inside the penalty area, still Ramsey, he's got Giroud if he needs him, still Ramsey, battles away with Johnson, pulls it back for Giroud! There's another Villegas, who lead by four goals to one! It's the Arsenal fans who celebrate away to our right. And as for the Stoke City supporters, well, that's the sound of seats being flipped up and home fans heading for the exit. Stoke City one, Arsenal four. And
4: really, Arsenal's display over the course of this game has deserved it. And as you have already said a couple of times, Dave, hope is all that Arsenal can really cling to at the moment isn't it But they've held up their end of the bargain and just going out to try and get a couple of wins regardless of what Liverpool ultimately do it's it's a little bit frustrating isn't it but at least they're finishing strongly
5: Yeah I think if it had happened six weeks ago this, this sort of confidence and form there'd have been a bit more belief and we'd have been in a better position but uh, Liverpool seem to have just held on scoring four the other day really helped their goal difference as well if it did go that far Um, But we've we've got the cup final and, you know, we've got an exciting couple of games coming up.
4: That cup final is going to be great, isn't it? Regardless, (laughs) hopefully Arsenal will have the momentum heading in, you've mentioned. But then to take on a Chelsea team that are champions of England, well done to them. What a way to finish the season. Two really good teams with great history across the board and and particularly in this tournament as well for Arsenal.
5: Yeah, great cup history. Both teams, you You've got to say you're hoping that maybe they've switched off a little bit and relaxed the last couple of weeks because they've already won the title. Um, I can't see the manager allowing them to do that, but the lads might creep into a bit of um, relaxation, a bit of r and R, a a bit more than usual. So hopefully it'll give us more of a boost. And as you said, we've well, got the momentum at the moment. We've got something to play for still. And going into the cup final...
4: I think we should be quite strong so hopefully have Chelsea taken the hour off the ball and Borough with a shock win against Liverpool That'll that's a dream outcome isn't it <laughs> yeah that, that's perfect but
5: as football fans you all we all know that um, that's the days of Liverpool Arsenal don't do anything easy they never have so um, I, I'm just believing at the moment
4: We'll chat about those Everton and Sunderland games with Adrian Clark a bit later. Uh, David, thanks very much indeed for coming back on and being our Arsenal Insider again and uh, get back to the finishing touches of that slightly uh, damp man cave.
5: (laughs) I will do, Russ. Thanks very much.
4: Well, a player who's certainly getting plenty of welcome game time at the moment is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. The Ox playing at wing back for the majority of recent matches. The new three at the back formation certainly suiting him. Let's get the Ox's take. Alex, we've
3: seen you in a number of positions this season, but most recently you've put together a string of impressive
6: performances at wing back. How are you finding the new role? Yeah, I thought I'd give it a go for a couple of weeks. I spoke to the manager about playing in goal, maybe for the final. Um, Maybe for Everton just to get a bit of practice, but yeah, you know I might try left back next week. Who knows? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. To be fair, it's it's been um, an interesting change for the whole team because obviously, for you know this squad's been together for a while now, and we've always done done the same thing, and we've sort of based our our philosophy around making sure that we we stick to our game no matter what, and as long as we play. Play our, the way we can in our formation as good as we can, then it will be hard to beat on any day. Um, so that's what we've been used to. And then, to, you know, to be able to turn around in, in a short space of time and, and learn the, the, new, the new formation, it's been a challenge for us. And um, I think the Middlesbrough game was probably the biggest challenge in, in a sense because we really hadn't had any time to to work on it. Um, and we knew at that point as well it was a it was a big game for us to go and win, and one that we we could win and, and needed to win. So. You know to go there with the new formation and, and we did well on the day um, that, that was a big step and I think we've slowly been growing into it and, and getting more used to it obviously with time and it's been interesting and then for me personally it's been uh, it's a new role but at the same time it, it's um, it, it sort of suits my qualities as well um, and you know it's, it's it's been a it's been a new challenge I think that obviously the defensive side of things you know when when we're when we're you know, when we're a bit deeper, I have to fill in and sort of be a, be the fullback, which is which is obviously something that's not that natural for me. So I've had to pay attention and focus on when, when I'm doing that. But when we go forward, um, I found that it gives you a lot of freedom and um, helps you to join in from deep, which is which is something I think I naturally, I more nat- naturally do. Whereas you know, when you're playing out and out on the on the wing. You do a lot of running off the ball and running in behind. And that was always something I wasn't as used to doing. I used to want to come to the ball and get the ball deeper and run with it and run at players. So I think this role suits me in that sense. And so no, I'm in, I'm enjoying it so far and I think the whole team is. You mentioned there that you think the 3-4-3 the f- three, three suits you, but how much has it benefited you personally? Well, yeah, like I just said, I think it's it suits my game because... Obviously, when I'm playing wing back, uh, there's a lot of room to run into, um, and like I just said, then I I feel like I'm I'm more natural, more comfortable running with the ball as a, as opposed to running off the ball for someone to play play it over the top. Um, I much prefer to get the ball to feet and then be able to you know run with it and be a bit more of a midfield influence as opposed to a forward. Um, and so I think obviously playing at wing back, I, I receive a lot of balls deep. And then from there I've it gives me the option to well I've got I've always got a few options. I've got the option to obviously pass back to my centre half or to, to look for either Granite or or Aaron in midfield. Um and then I've got time to, to look for, for Mesut or, or Danny if one of them wants to run in the channel, running behind, or if one of them wants to come into feet I can play that ball. Um and I've got the option to, to cross from deep. Um I think kind of like I did for the goal against Man City. I think I went to cross it uh, a bit earlier, and then I, I, I stopped myself. And then, and then the next few steps, I, I then ended up crossing it. Um, and then, obviously, the final option I've got is to, to then go and run at people as well. If, if all those options aren't available, I've always got the one.
0: Planning for your next trip?
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com host.
7: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.
6: To to try and take their fallback on. So it gives you a lot of options um, running with the ball. And I think obviously my main qualities are probably running running with the ball. Um, And I like to try and pick a pass as well. So, I think from wing back you c- you can do that um a lot more whereas when you're a bit higher up on the wing, your options are a little bit limited um you generally you don't have as much space obviously you're receiving the ball higher up with the defender much closer to you, and you either take him on or you end up coming back or coming inside from wing back you you get the ball from deep and you've got got time to to have a few options so now i've I've really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes on for the rest of the season.
7: And it's Adams, put through by Bold. Would
4: you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, a free
5: goal! It's off for Grabs now! Thomas! Right at
3: the
1: end!
4: On May the 15th, 2004, Arsenal completed an undefeated Premier League campaign with a 2-1 win against Leicester City at Highbury.
3: Magic ball from Bergkamp to Patrick Vieira! The captain, fittingly, gets the goal that might make history. What a magnificent goal to a magnificent pass. Make a note of the date. May the 15th, 2004, History has been made. One of the greatest achievements since English football began. Arsenal have gone through an entire league campaign without losing. The first time it's happened for over 100 years. Played 38, won 26, drawn 12, lost exactly none.
4: Certainly a truly remarkable achievement that's unlikely to be replicated anytime soon, is the boss talking about that greatest campaign.
0: When I am a manager and I look at the, the table of my team, I look always at the L and uh, uh, how big this number is, you know. When you can see L, zero, that's where you can be really, really happy. I uh, congratulated everybody for having achieved something that uh, they didn't feel uh, was achievable. It was very emotional and I was very proud as well that uh, we could achieve something that uh, had never been done. And maybe it will never be done again.
4: final game of a historic Premier League season. Let's discuss the combination of this year's campaign with our own Adrian Clark. The chalkboard
8: with Adrian Clark. So Adrian Clark Joins me at the chalkboard. Uh, Clarkie, how's it going? Yeah, good, Russ. Yeah, good. I enjoyed the weekend. Top performance from the Gunners. So uh, on we go. Bet you didn't enjoy the weekend as much as the Arsenal Weekly podcast editor, Liam yeah, Roberts. Heard it was a bit lively. Yes.
4: He's <laughs> going to struggle in and try and join us in a bit. So we shall see how he's shaping up. Um, question on the chalkboard to kick it off. Most memorable final day of the season?
8: Yeah, well, we'd love another great memory or two, wouldn't we, this season? I, look, for anyone of my generation, the, the, the best will always be 1989. I remember I was a teenager, I was a schoolboy here, and I remember uh, watching the game nervously. And when that Michael Thomas goal went in, I hit the roof, I just went absolutely mad inside the living room. So that, that was unforgettable. But, but in more recent times, I'd say it was the, the Tony Adams goal against Everton, and a beauty. A boldly chips it over for Tony, who I don't know what he was doing up there, and to lash it in like he did on the half volley. Was brilliant, and and obviously the famous celebration is now uh, commemorated by the statue outside Emirates Stadium. So yeah, that was a brilliant, brilliant finish to the season.
4: Now, obviously, another double game week—the last one of the season—Sunderland and Everton. And uh, all Arsenal can effectively do is is take care of their own business.
8: Yeah, Liverpool did really well, didn't they, to to win at uh, West Ham. So destiny is in their own hands. From Arsenal's point of view, they've just got to win the two games and hope for the best and also win the two games so that they go into the FA Cup final feeling good about themselves, feeling like they are in peak condition. And at the moment, on the back of those two good away wins at Southampton and Stoke, they are feeling pretty pretty pleased with themselves. They've got to carry that on now. And uh, you don't want to be going into a cup final against a team of Chelsea's quality feeling low. On confidence. So that is what these two games are about.
4: And I guess the pressure is maybe off just a little bit that it's no longer in Arsenal's hands. And I wonder if that might help just get the results. It'll be interesting to see, won't it?
8: Yeah, Arsenal have traditionally been better without the pressure, haven't they, in recent seasons. They've finished really strongly once the title has been out of their reach in recent seasons. So it's something they habitually do. And But but I wouldn't necessarily put it down to that. I don't think that's the issue they're getting used to a new system, and with every passing game, they seem to become more comfortable. And when they keep winning, it just, it just builds that momentum, that magic word. And if we go into the cup final on, on two more victories, two two handsome victories, then Chelsea, although they'll be favourites, I think it would be more of a 50-50 game.
4: Let's just have a quick look at both of the games. Sunderland, obviously, it's been a torrid campaign. Let's be honest; I've covered them a fair few times over the course of the season, and it's not really been getting any better, has it? Apart from one win a couple of weeks ago, shocking.
8: Sunderland, absolutely shocking. David Moyes has had a disappointing campaign as a, as a manager, and the players—they're not good enough really for the Premier League. So look, it's a it's a must-win game for Arsenal, and they really there is no excuse not to win it. But the caveat is that actually against the top six rivals, against teams in the top half, Sunderland haven't been smashed out of sight away from home. It's on home turf at the Stadium of Light where they've taken the real tonkings. They've only lost one nil at Spurs. They've lost narrowly at some of the other big guns. So those expecting it to be four or five nil may just have to temper their enthusiasm here. It will be a game Arsenal should win, but they might prove quite stubborn.
4: And Everton, obviously, a a more potent team who've had uh, a far better season. It'd be interesting to see how they set themselves up and what kind of performance they put in with one or two unanswered questions. I think of Ross Barkley springing to mind. For
8: sure, yeah. Is he going to stay or not? Ronald Koeman's put the ball firmly in his court. There's a bit of revenge there as well. Arsenal were poor in the second half at Goodison Park and they allowed the Toffees to really get the physical advantage. They came at Arsenal and they bullied us really in that second period. So I think we need to avenge that loss. That
4: was almost where it all started to kind of ebb away a bit, wasn't it? Because Arsenal had had a very solid run-up until then, I remember watching it. Definitely.
8: But Everton haven't been good travellers this season. They were really poor at Chelsea. They weren't great at Tottenham, even though the score was three-two. They were smashed in the Merseyside derby. So, I think this is a game, Arsenal. If they if they perform as they have done in recent games, I expect Arsenal to win it quite comfortably.
4: Okay, Clarke. To round it all off, then in a sentence, mm-hmm. how do Arsenal once again make top four?
8: <laughs> well, yeah, they need to hope for a miracle from Middlesbrough. It's as simple as that. But in terms of winning these, Come on, the bar. yeah, in terms of winning these two matches, it is all about continuing what they did at Southampton and Stoke. I thought the blend between the artistry of their natural game and the aggression and discipline, I thought the blend was just right. Did that again, and they'll get six more points.
4: Now, Clarkie, a pallid and sweaty man is crawling into the studio, a man who I think has been on a massive stag deal, a man who I think has spent several days in Dublin as, as best man and has somehow got himself back. See Arsenal Weekly editor, uh, podcast editor, Lim Roberts.
2: More importantly, I got the stag back as well. So um, that was that was the key <laughs> element of the weekend. He got back, we all got back. You're and, standing uh, I'm up. I'm standing, yeah. I don't know if he's standing, but I'm, I am standing. Um, <laughs> so who will be left standing in our predictions competition? <laughs> Russ, do you remember what you said last week? So we asked for an aggregate score
8: over the two games last week.
4: Yeah, and I wasn't too far away, but I said 4-2. Yeah, Correct.
8: you um, Adrian? Yeah, no, I, I said 5-1, and I was... I was on the money until Olivier Giroux ruined it for me. Never have I celebrated an Arsenal goal less than that fourth one at the Bet365 <laughs> Stadium.
2: But you
8: got the Stoke result right there. Like, you said four-one in I know. The Stoke. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. weird. I just, I just fancied this to, to put put the sort of put right the wrongs of the past recent years. So, um, you yeah, know, they delivered a really good performance.
2: So that makes it 27 points to 21. Oh, Russ, oh, the only way oh. you can get back into this now is uh, two exact results. Yes, so but you'd give me a draw, would will give you? you a draw, yeah, and then I'll have to think of some kind so of... Some uh, weird countback, yeah. but it's unlikely.
4: Let's just quickly remind, if we can, listeners, what is on the line here. If I lose, Adrian Clark has the right to take over my at Russ underscore Hargreaves Twitter account for a day which is worrying, and it's not going to probably happen now, but if, I don't know, there's a draw, and then I went on countback, which is slim, what do you
8: have to do? I'm going to have to babysit, aren't I? Mr and Mrs Hargreaves are going to have a night on the tiles, and you're going to place your faith in me. And only you. You can't bring any assistance. <laughs> yeah, so, look, I bring it on. Look, that's what I say, but... I... Yeah, it's I'm... a l- 2% I'm chance <laughs> of am feeling, I'm feeling mildly confident at this the stage. The
2: realisation on Russ's face when he remembered what the bet was a bit earlier <laughs> was... Uh, was really
8: yeah, yeah, you don't want to put your Twitter in the hands of me. I, <laughs> I, I, I could ruin you. And will. <laughs> it's nice working with you. It
2: has. Uh, likewise, Liam. Um, so, prediction competition this week. Um, I want to know, last goal scored for Arsenal in the Premier League this season, who's going to get it? Premier League,
8: of course. Who's first? Mm. I think I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first. Then uh, I think I think you went first last week. So who's going to score last? I would imagine that I'm going to go with. <sighs> so go, uh, I, 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 look, it's potluck, isn't it? Uh, Olivier Giroud.
4: I will say Alexis. Why not? And then some sort of you know poignant question. there set. <laughs> and then uh, let's try and take it to the last game of the season. We'll do the best we possibly can. all the best, my friend. Liam, thank you. And, Clarky, when can we see or hear you again?
8: I have actually got the day off for Sunderland and Everton games, so I will be next on The Breakdown. Same time next week, looking back at the Everton match.
4: Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Adrian Clark, to Alex oxlade Chamberlain, and to David Hillier for their contributions today. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review in the process. You can find us on Acast these days as well, so you've never got the excuse to miss another episode. We're back on Monday the twenty-second of May. And until then, it's bye for now, and come on, you've got us—the Arsenal Weekly Podcast.